Hey, I'm Natalie Abbott. And I'm Vera Schmitz. We are sisters who host the Dwell Differently podcast. We help you memorize and meditate on one Bible verse every month. And all month long on our podcast, we talk about what that verse means, why it matters, and how we can apply that verse to our daily lives. Hey, welcome back to the Dwell Differently podcast. It's your host, Natalie Abbott, and it's June, and we are talking about some really great news today, how God helps us overcome our fears. And that is just such a beautiful message that we can just kind of sit in. And so all month long, we are talking about how to overcome our fear through our faith in the Lord. And if you didn't listen to last week's teaching episode, I would encourage you to go back and listen to that because it'll really give you some more context of our verse. Um, but today we are talking with Jamie Ivy. Welcome, Jamie. Hi, Natalie. Thank you for having me. Yeah, so glad to have you. For those of you who don't know Jamie, she is an author. She is a speaker. She hosts the Happy Hour podcast. She's a host of a talk show called Better Together. She kind of just does all the things. You're living like five lives right now. It's crazy. I, when you say it like that, it does sound like it, you know? But it's a lot. It feels like a lot. <laughs> it's a lot, but it's a little of a lot, and it's so much fun. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that so funny? I just talked to a woman who retired and she was like, now I get to do all the fun things. And I'm uh, like, I feel like my job actually is all the fun things. Which like, is great. I, I don't ever want to retire. I just want to keep doing this forever. It's amazing. It's a good feeling. Um, yeah, it is. Okay. So our memory verse is, well, I, I, if I understand this correctly, is your like life verse? Is that right? Well, that's a bit, that feels like such putting something in a box for me, Natalie. So it feels yes. a little crazy for me, but I will tell you this verse has been monumental in several hard seasons of my life. And it is a okay. verse that I adore, 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 adore. And when you say it like that, I'm like, I need a life verse. Like I don't have a life <laughs> verse. And so maybe by the end of today, this will be my life verse. Right. You'd be like, wait a second. Okay. Maybe that is the verse. Yeah. It's funny because I don't really have a life verse, but then there are, there are a couple verses that just like travel with me mm -hmm. through life and I always go back to them and I'm like, okay, I think maybe that actually And is for my me life with this particular verse, we can talk about it, but I can pinpoint different seasons of like pulling it up. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? And like, mm -hmm. oh, that was so strong for me then. So mm. we'll go with a yes. Life first it is. Life first. All right. Jamie Ivy's life first right here, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> you heard it first. <laughs> okay. So the verse without further ado is from Psalm 27 1. It says this the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? It's just such a great verse. It's in that first person, you know? Mm -hmm. So as a, as somebody who's reading that, it's like, I can say that yes. and I can, I can claim that I can just mm -hmm. repeat it word for word and say, yes, Lord, you are my light. You are my salvation. Who am mm -hmm. I supposed to be afraid of? If you're, if you're on my side, I don't have any reason to be afraid. Um, so it's just such a great verse and I am really excited that you have, that it's such an important verse to you mm -hmm. because I really think that that's, that's something we strive for is yeah. getting somebody on the podcast who either loves a verse or really knows a verse or loves the concepts mm -hmm. in the verse. So you are the right person and I'm, I'm so, so glad excited. you're here with us. Yeah. So before we jump into that verse, I have just like a icebreaker type question for oh, okay. you. Okay. I'm ready. Yeah. What was your biggest childhood fear and what about it was scary to you? I am someone who struggles with fear in general. Like okay. it's, it's kind of a, a go-to thing for me. I have seen so much growth in my life. I have an example right now that I am like, mm. just have seen so much growth in my life. But when I was a child, 
I remember one of my biggest fears was that my dad would die. And I, even when I say it out loud, I have no idea where it came from because I don't have a memory of a childhood friend who lost a parent, you know, and huh. maybe because we would watch Dateline all the time and maybe I was inundated <laughs> with all these crimes. That was like what our family would watch on Friday nights. I love it so much. I love those type of shows. Yeah. But I was always so afraid that my dad would die and it wasn't mm. nothing against my mom. I, I adore my mom. But I didn't have that same fear with my mom. There was just this really strong fear from my little girl that she would lose her dad. Mm. And um, I don't know that I ever really got over that other than I grew up a little bit and here I am. And my dad, by the grace of God, is still alive, like all those things. And that fear mm. doesn't plague me today. Right. Uh, it's transferred into, you know, probably my husband, you know. Right. But yeah, yeah, that was my big fear growing up is that my dad would die. Oh my gosh. That is actually such a terrible fear. I thought you were going to be like, I was afraid of the dark. I was afraid of spiders. No, death. Like probably if, if we were to like spend a lot of time together, Natalie, and you were put on like a counselor hat, it would probably <laughs> go super deep into like being alone or mm. being forgotten or not being taken care of. It's like mm. those are probably still deep, deep fears that yeah. underneath the surface you can say like, oh, I'm afraid my husband will die. Well, really, it would probably come down to like, what would that mean for me? I would be alone. I would have to do everything by myself. I would yeah. have a partner. Like all of the realities would be a real fear for me. So maybe it was mm. that with my dad. I don't know. Isn't that funny? Because I feel so, so many of us are afraid of death, mm -hmm. but we're not afraid of death in the sense that we're afraid somebody else is going to die and leave us. We're afraid that we're going to die, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. But I think I'm afraid probably of being alone huh. and that for that translated for me in that, in that way as a child. Wow. Mm -hmm. Wow. Okay. So what about now? Would you say that's still your biggest fear or there are other things? I would say death is not a big fear for me. Even, even with, I would have transferred that to Aaron, it would be like a little bit more realistic. You know, I'm 45. I'm not saying mm. that death is at my doorway, but I'm saying you get to an age where you start to go, well, we're all, we're all going to die. That's a fact. It is hundred percent. Right. Everyone will die, but you get to a point in life where you're like, that is closer than it has ever been. And again, mm. I'm not old, but the realities of the world we live in, my fears now would be something happening to my marriage, like not mm. death for, you know, but maybe like infidelity or Aaron decides he wants a new wife, which none of these are like, like they're <laughs> not on the horizon. Like I always feel like I need to say this, like but we're thriving in our marriage right now. We've had some hard seasons, but we're thriving, but it has been a fear of mine for 23 years of marriage, you know? And mm. so, but I don't dwell on it anymore. I don't, I've grown so much. And then also Natalie having four kids. I mean, when you have kids, all of a sudden oh, yeah. those fears become just amplified the older they get. My kids are all teenagers. And so mm -hmm. I'm not, I don't fear them dying. I fear them making really stupid decisions, you know, oh, which yeah. is also a hundred percent rate for teenagers. <laughs> you know, the levels right. vary, but we've all been teenagers. We oh, make man. stupid decisions. Oh, so uh, and so as a parent, you watch your kids and you're like, well, that's a dumb decision. And so, <laughs> wow. Okay. What are we going to do about this? And so it's I not a say, totally baseless fear. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, but I fear, I probably in all seriousness would fear my kids not loving God. I mean, that's mm. a fear of mine, both my yeah. husband and I are in ministry and there's some complexities that come along with that. And my husband mm -hmm. was raised in a pastor's home and he knows the difficulties that come along with that. And so yeah. raising four kids with parents in public ministry, I sometimes feel sorry for my kids. I mean, you know, mm -hmm. I like literally I'm like, 
I want your faith to be your own. I don't want to push anything on you. And yet my greatest fear is that you don't want it. Yeah. And so that's probably a really big fear. Mm. I share that fear as well, mm -hmm. for sure. Yeah. Like I grew up not going to church. And so mm -hmm. for me, like my husband's a pastor and my kids, I have five kids, mm -hmm. you know, they go to church all the time. And I'm like, I like for me, Jesus was like this huge revelation and mm -hmm. oh my gosh, I never heard that. It's amazing and whatever. And I'm like, is it going to be mundane to them? I know. You know, and then they also feel kind of that weighty pressure of expectation. Mm -hmm. That as much as we try to avoid it, like it's still there. It's still oh, yeah. there. Yeah. Just yesterday we walked into church and we go to a fairly large church, but <clears throat> we walked in and someone said, hey, Ivy's, what's up, Amos, to one of my kids. Mm -hmm. And we walked off and Amos was like, I have no idea who that was, <laughs> which is like everyone yeah. knows who our family is. Also, three of my kids are adopted, so you can't really miss us. We're walking yeah. in. Um, and I said, does it bother you? And he said, no, but sometimes I wonder. Does that really bother you as a kid that everybody knows who you are when you walk into a building? I mean, you know, like that. Those yeah. Are hard realities. And there's nothing I can do about it. Like, what can no. I do? Nothing. No, no. Yeah. It's like when my kids are in Sunday school class and like the teacher expects that they're going to know the answer and yeah. be the good kid in class. And I'm like, you don't have that expectation for any other kid. I know. Like, you know, they're like, yeah. well, no one knows the answer. What about you, Silas? <laughs> you know, of Natalie, course, let me tell you know. this. <laughs> a couple of years ago when my daughter was in like second grade, she's a freshman now, uh, friends in our neighborhood, they go to a different church. I wouldn't qualify it as a Christian church. And they offered her a Bible. And <laughs> this is my second grade daughter <laughs> who has been in church her whole life. Her husband, her dad's a pastor. Her mom does ministry. And she goes, yeah, I would love it. I don't have a Bible. And I was like, <laughs> yes, you do. Like, you, you have seven. There's seven Bibles. And if you walk downstairs, there's 27 in the living room. Oh but it was gosh. just so funny because she's like, I don't even have a Bible. And I'm like, baby, you're, yes, you do. We have this one. I remember we read this one. I mean, it was just like oh, this amazing. moment of like, okay, pastor's kids. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> Yes, those are definitely fears. Those are fears that I also struggle with. Um, but let's let's dive into this. I feel like how we deal with this verse, this verse that says that the Lord is my light and my salvation, whom shall I fear? You know, so shall I fear loneliness? Shall I fear my kids not loving the Lord? Whatever it is that is the thing. Shall I fear that my finances are going to fail? You know, uh, that I'm going to lose my job, uh, that this person is going to leave me, you know, whom shall I fear if the Lord is my light and my salvation? If the Lord is the stronghold of my life, then the implied answer is, whom shall I fear? No one. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing. Mm -hmm. um, and so I feel like so much of us overcoming our fears is dependent on who we see God to be. Mm -hmm. Like here, David is is telling us that God is my light. He is is my salvation, not just mm -hmm. the salvation, but my salvation, my light my stronghold. Um, and so I think if we look at each of these three images that David uses, I think it puts to death specific fears in our lives. Mm -hmm. So like that fear of loneliness or that fear of missing out or that fear of losing a job or relationships that we have that we don't want to lose. How do each of these things answer that specific fear? So I want to go through and just talk through each of those specific ideas, because I think David, he chose those images for a reason. And each one of them is sort of an answer mm -hmm. to a specific kind of fear. So if we look at, for instance, that God is our light, what fear does that combat in mm -hmm. us? 
You know, the word light is very interesting to me. And I actually have been thinking, Natalie, that I want to dive into it. And so this, this, it's just really interesting that, that we're having this conversation today because I feel like it's a little nudge from the Lord. But the word light is used a lot by Jesus in the New Testament as well. Mm-hmm. Like he calls himself the light. And then he says that we as followers of him are the light as well. And I think that like there's this really big, like, there's this idea that we can be like, well, the world is so, so evil. True. Okay. The world is so, so dark. Yes. But we can sometimes feel like it's darker today than it's ever been. And so there's mm. this, this like fear of the world, you know, like yeah. the world is out to get us. Everyone in the world is going to try to take us down. And that's really nuanced. And there might be some truth in there. But I don't subscribe to the idea that 2023 is like indie is like the worst time that's ever been to be alive. Yeah. I mean, no, even especially when our <laughs> brothers and sisters who were the first Christians, like they might laugh at us in America uh, mm-hmm. for the ways that we're feeling. This is the worst time to ever be alive in the world. <laughs> I saw a meme on Instagram the other day that it says if, if Paul was alive today, the American church would be getting a letter is what I saw. And I was like, that was funny. <laughs> but, but all that to say, Jesus has always called his kids the light. He's always mm. called us the light and, and, um, God has always called Jesus that. And so we see this and I look at it and I'm like, if the Lord is my light, it means I don't have to fear the darkness of the world. Mm. I don't have to fear what the world is saying. This is the right way. This is how we're going to define these certain terms. This is how we're going to demand that you do this way. We don't have to be afraid of that because the light is always stronger than the darkness. And yeah. it's almost like we we can start to fear like, okay, well, the dark is just going to take over. Mm. I just don't think that's true. I don't think it's possible. I think that God and his, and we're seeing it right here that he is bigger than the darkness. Mm. And so when you start to fear the world, when you start to fear what's happening at your kid's school district, when you start to fear what this president or that president or the future president is doing or whatever it might look like, Mm. we can actually say this verse and say, you know what? The Lord is my light. He wins. He shines Mm. bright no matter how dark we feel that it gets. So that's Mm. what it defeats for me. Mm, I love that answer. It reminds me of uh, John 1, 5, that the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. And that verse is talking about Jesus. Like God has the end all figured out. And even in Revelation, like there is no need for the sun anymore. Mm. There is no light of the moon because God is the light and he's the one who is shining over all things. And it is brilliant and beautiful. And so you're right, like that imagery of light, we see it throughout all of the picture of God's redemptive history. Mm. And it's beautiful that God says that about himself, that I am the light. And that, you know, and, and like you said, Jesus says, you are a light on a hill. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. You know, hide your, hide your flame under a bushel. Oh no. Oh no. No, right? we won't. <laughs> that also, Natalie, is one of my favorite verses in all scripture is Matthew 5, 16. And you guys have done something really special for me with that verse oh, yeah. um, in my office. I have it hanging up. So yeah. Do you really? Mm-hmm. Oh, Jamie, I love that. I I'll love that. Awesome. Yeah. So I think that's really great about the light of that. We don't have to be afraid of the world. I am so excited to tell you about this next thing. We have just come out with a well differently scripture memory journal. Why we haven't done this before, I have no idea, but it is specifically catered to your scripture memorization along with us. Whether you're a member or you listen to the podcast, it's a great place for you to practice writing out your verses, writing down prayers, jotting down information that you're learning here on the podcast or other things that you're learning about the verses. There's all kinds of prompts in it to help you 
further, just delve deeper into the verse. So you can use the code podcast15 to take 15% off your journal purchase. And we cannot wait to hear about how much you are loving it. Okay, so let's tackle that next one, which is you are my salvation. How does this concept of salvation just, you know, give us this foundational truth Mm. that we can say, like one little tiny idea, just this one little tiny idea. If you never memorize another verse again, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Like that is just earth shattering. Mm -hmm. If we really fully understand that the God of the universe says, I'm your salvation. The story I'm about to tell you right now is when this verse became just really a lifeline for me. It was the summer of 2000, okay? Mm -hmm. And I was working at a Christian camp in Missouri. And I had just started following Jesus in 1999. So although I grew up in the church, knew all the right things, would have said I was a believer from third grade, no fruit, no actions, nothing. And then in 1999, God captured my heart and my life Mm. has never been the same. So then I apply to work at this camp and this is the summer of 2000. And I don't know why they said yes. I had, (laughs) I I literally am like, this had to have been God or it was all my insecurities and fears telling me that. But Mm. I was, um, I mean, a fairly new believer because I, I had a lot of knowledge, but fairly new to following Jesus with my whole heart and life. Mm. And I had some things in my past that were kind of sketchy, not sketchy, just um, I was sexually active for a long time. I got pregnant twice in college, just Mm. heavy drinking, just living a lifestyle that did not glorify God. So I get accepted to work at this camp. And my Mm. biggest fear that whole summer is that I would be found out or something or that Mm. I wouldn't be a good enough Christian Mm. or that they would think we really made a mistake with asking her to come lead these kids. And Mm. um, this verse became so important to me because it was like this, it was like this lifeline that God, you're my salvation. Mm. Like I don't have to worry about what these people think about me. I don't even have to prove myself to them. Like I don't have to do anything because you are my salvation. Like you are it to me. Mm. And so that summer, I mean, that verse was like every day on, on my heart of like, God, I can trust in my salvation because you are my salvation. I don't have to prove it to these, to these workers, to these campers. And again, I think that they probably asked me to be there because they wanted me to be there. I mean, you know, like right. 20, 25 years removed, I'm like, I think they <laughs> might have wanted me there, you know? And But in the midst of that, I was super insecure and super yeah. worried. And like, how do I live up to this Christian thing at this Christian mm. camp when I'm so new and so nervous and all the things? And so mm. that you are my light and my salvation was monumental for me that summer of 2000. Mm. Yeah, I think that that idea that God is the one who saves us, right? Like mm-hmm. he is our righteousness and all of that stuff that you were ex- afraid of, you know, being yeah. exposed and found out for, like that has been removed as far mm-hmm. as the east is from the west. Like it's gone. Mm-hmm. But I I know what you're saying. I mm-hmm. it reminds me of so I became a Christian in college too. And then Shortly thereafter, then I got married to this guy and we're both believers, but we're just like kind of on this path doing whatever. And he's like, I think I need to go to seminary. And I'm like, okay, I don't know what that is, but <laughs> let's do it. And then he's a pastor. And I like did not go 
to church. Like I didn't grow up in the church. And I'll never forget, there was this pastors and wives retreat that we went on. And here I am in my early twenties. And I'm just like, kind of, I just felt like such a fraud. Like, who am I being a pastor's wife? I super don't belong here. Does anybody know? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, But I'll never forget that they did this, um, like, we're going to play all the songs that you already know by heart. And so we're all going to sing them. You didn't (laughs) know any of them. Didn't know us, like not even hadn't heard them. I'm just Mm -hmm. like, literally like we were standing in the front row and it was actually good because I'm like bawling and I'm like, okay, no one can see me. They all just see my backside. I just need to like, you know, cause I just felt like such a fraud yeah. for so many years. And it's like, here's the good news though, because Jesus is our salvation. We actually aren't frauds. Yep. You know, mm-hmm. we have been washed, we are clean. And he's like, and now just go on and tell other people about yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. It's such good news for all of us. And both of us had these stories in college. But honestly, we could come up if we had an hour and a half to talk today. A million other stories right now in our lives. Oh, yeah. Where this is having to be true. Yeah. Yeah. Where I'm just like, oh, I failed again. Mm -hmm. You know, that's the that's the worst thing, too, because I'm like, here I am. I'm doing like ministry and my husband's a pastor. And it's like, how am I not getting it all together? Yeah. Still. Mm hmm. Like, why is this still a daily thing that I have to confess that I did this thing or that Mm -hmm. I lost my patient with with my kids? Yeah. Yeah. Getting together is just this hard reality, kind of like this foreign idea out there of can we actually get it together? And um, I think that like, well, this is a whole nother conversation, but I'm like getting it together and following Jesus sometimes just like just looks like passionately pursuing him and following him, even if it doesn't look to the outside world like we have anything together. You know what I mean? Like. (laughs) Right. I need to be more worried about getting it together on the inside, you know, and sometimes that even feels like it's like in distress. Um, But doing that is like abandoning these unmet ideas and expectations and then following him. Yeah. And I I think like, what's the opposite of that? It's looking good on the outside, Mm -hmm. like the Pharisees who Jesus says, you are like whitewashed tombs. Like on the outside, you look really great, but on the Mm -hmm. inside, it's all dead in there. Yeah. So better to be, you know, the the prostitute at Jesus's mm-hmm. feet weeping over our sins and looking like a mess, wiping his feet with our hair. Mm-hmm. Yep. Then somebody who's got it all together. Yep. You know, like God's his concern is our heart. Um so good. Okay, we should okay. keep going here. <laughs> so God is our light, God is our salvation, and then also he says, "The Lord is my stronghold of my life." of whom shall I be afraid? And I love that idea that it's not just like the Lord is my stronghold right now, but like of my life, Mm -hmm. all of it from the beginning to when I meet the Lord at my death, the Lord is the stronghold of my whole life. So what about this concept gives us the ability to fight specific things that we might be afraid of? Well, Natalie, I looked up the word stronghold just like in you know, the dictionary. Mm -hmm. And it says a place that has been fortified. So as to protect it against attack. And then the second thing it says is a place where a particular cause or belief is strongly defended or upheld. Mm. And I think that this fortified place, like the stronghold, this fortified place where nothing can come against it. And it says the Lord is the stronghold of my life. And so I think like if the Lord is that fortified place where nothing can come against it and and I have my salvation in him, what Mm -hmm. it means is not that there's not going to be attacks and it doesn't mean that there's not going to be hardships and it doesn't mean that the enemy is not going to try its darndest to get through that, but it's like it cannot be broken. 
And mm. so I kind of picture this castle, this very, very strong castle that nothing can ever get into it, but things are always attacking it because there is this false idea that like, oh, following Jesus means everything's going to be good. Everything's going to work out. I surely am not going to get cancer. I surely won't lose a loved one. Mm. I'm not going to struggle with pornography anymore. And I'm going to be the, the greatest saver and I'm going to support all the missions. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we think this is all going to happen. Right. And then we still live in real life and we still live in human bodies and we still have live in a broken world where sin is on the move. And so, but there's this idea that in the middle of all of that, in the middle of your worst fears, in the middle mm. of your anxieties, in the middle of sickness and death, in the middle of a dark world, there's this castle that nothing ever can come against it. Like it will not mm. fall. It will not fall. And that is what God is for us. That's the castle I want to hang out in. I mean, you know, yeah. that's like just that idea. <laughs> and, and and the idea too, like not in this verse, but in the, in so many other verses where we see that like in the midst of those hardships, that that stronghold hasn't left us, you know? So mm. it's not like the stronghold is going to get tired of us. It's not like the stronghold is moving on. It mm. is like with us through the hard, the good, the bad, the ugly, through all of it. Um, and honestly, Natalie, we talked earlier about like getting older mm -hmm. and the older I get, not only is it like, Oh, I might be like at my halfway point, but the older <laughs> I get also, I feel like, man, I know a lot less answers than I thought I did in my twenties. Mm. everything feels a lot less unclear. And so the things that have not changed, the truths that don't change are the truths of like Jesus and his word. And that too is a comfort to me. That that oh, yeah. is like, everything feels hard, sometimes scary and evil is around, but yet I don't have anything to fear because God is a stronghold of my life. Mm. And that is encouraging. I hope when people are listening, I hope it becomes everybody's life verses. Now all of our life verses and <laughs> that they literally take it to heart and so that they can pull it up in those times of distress. Yeah, I think so too. I, I mean, it really is something where when, when we are rooting ourselves in who the Lord is and when we are even speaking that over ourselves, he is my light. He is my salvation. He is my stronghold. That's when we get to the place where we can look in the face of fear and say, I don't have anything to be afraid of. Right. You know, what can man do to me? Mm -hmm. What can this world do to me? There's nothing. And honestly, when you're talking about this stronghold, this idea of a safe place in the same Psalm, this is where David also says, one thing I ask of the Lord, this is what I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord forever and gaze on the beauty of his face. Like this idea that our safe place is the Lord, mm -hmm. that I would dwell with him and that in Christ, he has invited us into that strong place, mm -hmm. that safe place where forever we now dwell, where forever there will be light and joy and he will wipe every tear from our eyes. And, and even in the right now, in the mess, in the battle and the things that's going on, like in, in the Psalm, David is in a literal battle. Mm -hmm. He has actual real enemies that are coming to attack him. And he says, I'm not going to worry about it in the middle of the night when I'm sleeping mm -hmm. and somebody could come and attack me because the Lord is my light. I'm not going to worry about whether or not I'm going to lose this battle because God is my salvation. And I'm not going to worry about whether or not somebody's going to come against me and be too strong for me because God is my stronghold. Mm -hmm. Right. And so all of that, like 
imagery that David gives us is true in his actual real situation and is spiritually true as well. Like Mm -hmm. there's a couple of layers of things going on here for us that we get to see. And therefore we can, we can look at it and say, yes, this is spiritually true for me, but this is true for me in my everyday situation. He ends this chapter by saying, be strong and let your heart take courage, wait for the Lord. And I Mm. love that because it is so often, Natalie, my heart that feels afraid to trust and that feels afraid to not fear. And Mm. David is saying right above that, he says, I believe I will see the land of, I will see the Lord in the land of the living, wait Mm. for the Lord, be strong and let your heart take courage, wait for the Lord. And it's like, okay, he's also ending this whole chapter. Like, Guys, we can do this. Like we can do this. Let's do. Yeah. I can, like come on. Let's do this. Make make your heart be courageous because we can do hard things. So mm. I love how he ends it too. It's just so good, Jamie. I absolutely love it. Let me just ask you one last question. Okay. When you think about this verse, if you were going to sum up one time when it was just like, yes, this verse was everything to me. And you said, you know, you can think of several different times in your life when God really used this particular verse to just pull you up out of your fear. So will you share one last story with us? Yeah, I think another time that was really evident in my life that this verse became this landline for me and this float in the midst of this crazy, crazy battering ocean that I felt like I was in was uh, when we were adopting our kids from Haiti. And it was Mm. a two and a half year process. And this was, you know, 13 years ago. It was a two and a half year process. And it felt like nothing was going our way. It felt like um, Haiti is a pretty dark place. It has a, a long history with witchcraft. And so it did feel like we were up against this dark, dark, dark force. I don't really ever like lean that way with like evils always coming around me. I don't know. Yeah. It probably is. It's just like, I don't, I'm not that kind of person. Right. But I will say there were seasons in that process where I felt like, is everything against us? Like, is is there mm. any possibility? Is there something more at play here? Mm. And I had to constantly rely on that, not only the light and the darkness as well, um, and not only my salvation, but that stronghold for me was like, God, you are going to keep me standing up. You are going to keep me in this fight. You're going to keep me in this battle. You're going to keep me from letting all these things take me down. Because what would have been easier, Natalie, would have just been like crumble. And, and I'm not saying I never did that. But I'm saying this verse was such an encouragement to me and all the way through everything you said about being the house Lord and then to the very end about let your heart take courage. That whole thing became this kind of anthem battle cry for me in the midst of that Mm. Um, to wait on the Lord, be strong and take courage like he is my light. He is my salvation. He's my stronghold. I don't have to be afraid of the system. I don't have to be afraid that my kids will never come home. I don't have to be afraid of what's happening to them because he is my light. He's my salvation. He's my stronghold. Wait on the Lord. Be strong and take courage. That became a constant reminder in the midst of a really hard two and a half years. Mm. Thank you so much for sharing that, Jamie. Uh, I just feel like I know there's got to be people out there right now who are struggling, who feel like everything is up against them. I mean, I've been through it myself. It's not like you don't fall down flat on your face and say, I can't do this. But to claim these truths over yourself and to allow the Lord to pick you back up and to say, yes, I am your stronghold and and you're going to make it through. 
Yeah. I'm going to bring you through this because I am your light. I'm your salvation. I am your stronghold. So if you're out there and you're listening to this and you need to hear that, hear that. Mm. This is for you. This verse is for you. This is God's word for you. Bring it into your life. Bring it into your heart. Say this over yourself. If you have a friend that's struggling, share this verse with your friend because this is such a lifeline. Like Jamie said, it is everything that we need kind of all packaged up in one little tiny word. And sometimes that's all we need. We, we can only just grasp onto that one little thing. There's been so many times in my life where I'm like, to open up the whole Bible and to find the answer is so hard. Mm -hmm. But to say, Lord, you are my light. You are my salvation. You are my stronghold. Those are true things that you can say to the Lord mm -hmm. and you can tell him. Like, Lord, be those things for me right now. And so that would be my encouragement for you. I'm sure it's Jamie's encouragement for you as well. And gosh, I wish we could stay and keep chatting. This has just been so good, Jamie. Thank you so much for just sharing your heart for this verse and for the Lord with us. Well, I thank you for having me. And I love what you guys are doing. I've been a fan of you guys for a long time. And so continue to help people find creative, beautiful ways to hide God's heart in their heart. Awesome. We will. We will. We're doing it. <laughs> Thanks, Jamie. Hey, are you looking for a place to connect with other people who are memorizing this month's verse? We got you covered. Guess what? We have a Dwell Differently official Facebook group that you can join and we're over there chatting about what this verse means and how it is affecting our daily lives. So go check it out on Facebook, the Dwell Differently official Facebook group.